You're listening to Very Loose Women. tuned into very loose women on resonance 104.4 fm you just heard happy healthy by dead prez and you're here with me flory and i'm joined by leo and soila hello oh synchronized (laughs) very nice so first uh with our celebrations and frustrations what's yours flory uh i'm celebrating because i'm going to another wedding cool uh yeah it's gonna be very cool over the weekend i'm going to istanbul uh so many congratulations to patrick and fatima mm, that's cool they are friends that are getting married they are. nice uh, my celebration i actually had lunch with uh very least women Catherine johnston or as i like to call her peanut and because uh, <laughs> we i i we've mentioned this in this in the studio before but we work coincidentally in the same office building and we discovered this actually a week after our Very Loose Women live show, where mm. we were talking about if you are if you have an office. What in Camden? No, 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 not at uh, that job. At a different job. Oh, at the other job. Yeah, yeah. my other one the of my other, other jobs. One of my many job. jobs. <laughs> I guess I'm a massive, massive hustler. Um, so if so, she's on the third floor. I'm on the fourth floor, and her rule was like, if you're loose or unpleasant, use the ones upstairs or downstairs so technically we're entitled to each other's lose uh, oh yeah so i just thought it was uh it was funny that uh that we are upstairs and downstairs just after that happened uh so anyway we went for a walk around southern park it was very pleasant i gave her free lunch <laughs> you gave her a free lunch what had you got the free <laughs> lunch or did you pay for her lunch uh no i paid for so like in the morning i was like i'll get breakfast and dinner because i've got very loose women tonight yeah uh and uh then i was like do you want to come up to my office for lunch Mm. i've got a spare lunch and i just had crisps for dinner instead crisps for dinner well you saw that i mean this will be a topic of discussion for (laughs) for the whole night i had cider for dinner last night ellie that's not true obviously i had a full (laughs) dinner i like how the person who's checking up you're doing your checks and balances is your girlfriend well yeah my girlfriend who like gets mad at me when i don't eat properly and then also definitely listens to the show so i just felt felt like i should cover my ass on that good um what's your celebration um the lgbt community center who we had on a few weeks ago um met their fundraising target well doubled more than doubled their fundraising target they their target was fifty thousand pounds and they got to a hundred thousand pounds incredible i know and such a fantastic thing all of their fundraising is matched, no, by the mayor of London. Um, Did they say that? I think they. That might not d- be true. Didn't say that on it air. Should be true, Sadiq, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think I think they had thought that 
if whatever they can raise, they can match. But I think now what they're looking to do is um, have that matched in terms of human resources, right? Um, people who can come in and actually um, be of benefit to the centre. Mm. That's of, incredible. Which are, I think is is I guess more beneficial than you know just just money. Yeah, um, I think I was a bit of a Debbie Downer on that. I I thought that fifty thousand was really would be really cra- like a crazy target to meet and yet like I mean it seemed like it was going to be they've put then... in so much work it's yeah. like so much like community effort as well I think that's something that I don't always remember in the LGBT community but like it is a community and mm. everyone's there mm. like to get each other's backs and it's just such wonderful evidence that that has happened yeah. it's so, really beautiful so to we, hear. we can't wait for that and we can't mm. wait to see see how that progresses <laughs> um, so we're talking today about eating habits mm. Um, so we'll be discussing food and our lifestyle and diets. Um, so first, I just want to kick off with a question. What are our eating habits? Um, so I am vegetarian, but also attempting to move towards being a vegan. It's it's one of those things which is just a... I think veganism is such a whole big thing. And I started with cosmetics and, and things that weren't food because I thought food's going to be the most difficult, challenging thing. So, yeah, I, I'd... Currently, I'm vegetarian, moving towards veganism. That's my kind of eating habit. I, uh, I've i been celiac since I was diagnosed uh, when I was 12. Um, and I was very... Well, no, 13, actually. What is celiac? Celiac is um, it's an autoimmune condition. And it's like... So on your intestines, you have little mountains. And That's wheat, so rye, and barley are like... Well, they're called villi. It's like uh, sandpaper on them. So it like mm. it like sandpapers down the, the villi. So it means not only can you not digest wheat, rye, barley and oats, but mm. oats for some celiacs, not all. Um, uh, but also it means that because those are sandpaper down, you can't digest anything else. So I was very, very underdeveloped, tiny and sickly um, until I was stuck on, I think, well, actually, I remember it was 29 kilos for l- like literally years of my childhood. I just wasn't growing. I was just mm. stuck on this like sub 30. Uh, and now I am a healthy 52, fluctuating sometimes to 54. So I'm very proud. Um, you see, it's interesting that you use kilos. Is it? Because I'm I don't use kilos. I um, don't understand kilos. I know. <laughs> so I think we were both looking like, okay, well, yeah, great. Well, <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, it wasn't a lot, and now I'm like a regular weight, so I'm, I'm very happy. Um, good, good. Yeah, so I'm celiac. Uh, because of that, I had like a, what was called a fibroscopy, where they stuck a camera down my throat, and they looked at my intestines, mm, and they were fun. like, yeah, those look dodgy. I was put under uh, general anaesthetic, and they also gave me a bunch of blood tests, and they found that out. Um, and then about four years ago, I think now, I decided to go vegetarian, Mm. Uh, but I'd been so slowly climbing towards that. I think we're going to talk mm. about that later on the show. Uh, uh, throughout throughout my life, I'd like tried to go vegetarian, then like immediately eaten duck by accident, which instantly is what happens when I try to go vegan. I'm like, I'm going to go vegan. Accidentally eat a duck. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And then, and then I, yeah, no, I ordered, I was living in China at the time. Like, I ordered like, oh, I literally that makes ordered a bit more sense. Yeah. duck that day, like a Peking duck um, or Beijing duck as they're called. <laughs> Did you not realise that was a No, like I'd forgotten that I was vegetarian. So oh, now okay. like, like when I go towards being vegan, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be vegan. And then like an hour later, I'll like drink some milk. So <laughs> dairy is the main thing stopping me, obviously, from being vegan. It's so damn tasty. It's, it's the best. <laughs> I'm sorry, all animal products. I love you in my belly and mouth. <laughs> um, I was, I, I was brought up vegetarian. Um, 
So that's quite a long time been veggie. Mm. I did yeah, eat it's a also beer. like a you know a decision on your parents' part. That's very interesting. Yeah. My mum was was a is a farmer's daughter, so never she was she never was veggie, but dad was for like 25 years interestingly mm. he's now not but um but he was so we always ate veggie at home mm. um I then started eating meat a bit when I was a teenager oh yeah bacon looks great and then I just had a bit of that mm. but I actually never was too much of a fan so like a rebellion yeah it's kind of like yeah I'm gonna eat some bacon mm. yeah <laughs> yeah but not not it's overrated overrated I've never eaten bacon have you not well I also was brought up a vegetarian and then it started eating I'm meat. outnumbered. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> my dad took me for steak once a week, so. Yeah. Well, like, but even when I ate meat, there's so many different meats that I didn't eat. Um, and then, and now that I'm vegetarian again, mm. we'll never eat. Yeah. So, and then I think that's one of the kind of most asked questions, like, oh, from meat eaters, like, oh, how can you live without bacon? And it's like, well, I've actually never tried it. Yeah. And it I really mean, doesn't matter that mm. much, I don't think. I miss, I miss like, you know, cured meat, like salty stuff, like chorizo, mm. used to like that. Mm. But that's one of my dishes that I miss. Mm. But we'll, we'll that's actually we'll got, talk about. It. We'll talk about it around the side a lot of the time. So has it? Yeah. Sneaky wheat getting in everywhere. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't miss that one. But yeah, bacon. You know what I don't miss? Shit bacon. You know, like bacon that's undercooked. You say oh, you know, gross. but as someone who's just said they don't eat bacon, I can't say. That's a very it good looks point. It's disgusting though. When yeah. even thinking about it makes me yeah. nervous. <laughs> Yeah, I've also I've also got a bit of a complicated relationship with food because I've been on some really weird diets recently because um, due to health problems. So until really recently, I was on a really restrictive diet where I didn't, I, um, which is vegetarian, but also no dairy, no wheat or gluten, no tomatoes, onions, garlic, aubergine. That's um, freaking hardcore. It's really hardcore. So I was doing that literally from October and then also certain combinations of things you can't eat together particularly fruit with anything else so it, and, like, and no two combinations of fruit at the same time as well so it just meant that you never ate fruit oh my like, god the, the doctor the doctor um, telling you that this was a good um, idea no it wasn't a doctor it was a um a, like a nutritional therapist basically because okay. i did did the whole doctor thing didn't work out very well um so yeah d- trying other diets to figure things out you know eliminating certain things mm. um so that was a bit of a shit one and then was on another one where i didn't eat anything with yeast in it or any wheat or any garlic um and then I was on another really restrictive one, which was no carbohydrates or any sugar. Oh my god, I couldn't for three do that. Months. And uh. that was like so strict to the point where it's like even beans or uh, like butternut squash couldn't oh eat any of that. No. So I was just so hungry. That's horrible. All that's the horrible. time. That's so horrible. But I did it, and I'm proud of myself for sticking to it. Well, so. well done. When when I was um, before I was diagnosed with celiac, I went to tons of doctors. Like I went to. A weird guy who told me I had the curse of the snake, and uh, oh I went God, to an acupuncturist, and I go to him, and he'd like stick a needle like right on my coccyx. It was very strange in hindsight. <laughs> France curse is a strange country. Snake. It's a very strange country. Anyway, one of the um, one of the people I went to see, the guy who eventually ordered the um, the fibroscopy that I mentioned earlier, he was like, "Oh, the reason you're not eating enough, the reason you're skinny and not, and not putting on any weight is because you're not eating enough." So he made me a nutritional like diet bible, um, and he told me like 
on when or like this Wednesday, he would have a date and then a day and then exactly what I had to eat then. Taking into account this was like in the middle of a school day and I had like 45 minutes to find this food. So it'd be like seven radishes, one potato, like absolutely impossible to fulfill, which made me more stressed about food, which made me eat even less. Mm. I just find those very restrictive diets. Well, I mean, my like main goal when I was growing up was always to put on more weight because I was always like, like, dangerously low below my BMI um so like it was very counterproductive I think also when you're stressed that obviously impacts your digestion and stuff as well so it's a bit of a vicious circle for sure um 100 so so the things that women eat and the way women eat now is still very police socially um Mm. I just wanted to ask if anyone had ever changed their diet because of a social pressure to do so you mean like dieting yeah I think like it's uh, yes, is my short answer. Um, only because, you know, when there are these studies that are done where they look at social media influence um, on body image and, and things like that, I I always, even however much I like to think to myself, that doesn't influence me, you know, I'm strong and I've got willpower not to care and to be in disagreement with with these campaigns like beach body ready and that kind of thing it's still i notice it still influences me and i my i think my relationship with food um is complicated in that i always relate it to body image and i i find it very difficult at the moment to disconnect food and body um, as opposed to like food and health or food and I don't know like just general living um, so I that's and because of that it's influenced it has definitely influenced the way that I've eaten before. I think for the social pressure like definitely not in terms of image for me just because uh, my fight has always been the other way around mm. like the social pressure is to be thin and my sort of health concerns have always to be like until like my early 20s it was always to put on weight so I definitely like missed that like key thing that a lot of especially like female teens are pushed towards um but like in terms of social pressure like I'm always running around getting the tube during meal times stuff like that which means that I eat a lot of crisps a lot of food on the go like social in the sense of like I don't make time to cook a meal and then sit down and like my girlfriend who's like very healthy and conscious of all of these things uh is always like slightly as i mentioned at the beginning of the show like saying like please can you eat some protein at some point um so that's like a different kind of social pressure that's like not food related but has an impact on what i eat Mm-mm. what about you flory uh well i just i kind of think about this before and i remembered um that facebook group of women eating on the tube oh, yeah. which this guy started and everyone like chastising women mm. pictures of women eating and public transport as a way of kind of shaming them yeah in, yeah. As, yeah didn't you um soy have a an internet related story yeah yes. about so there's this website called tumblr um which is basically a blog site um and lots of people there's like niches like you know you have subreddits where they talk about different things you have not everyone knows what a subreddit okay, is so but have, i do okay you have reddit and then you have topics within reddit right um and um with tumblr you've got blogs and you've got specialized blogs which look at i don't know theater or fashion or this it's called fitbler um food and um when i was uh younger 
when I say younger, in my kind of eight, late teens, early 20s, um, I actually had, I've never really talked about this, I've, I've had one of these Fitblers, which basically you reblog. Um, uh, kind of like motor, like healthy eating motivational things and exercise videos and um, I don't know, um, like healthy eating recipes. And I'm going to kind of do the air quotes on the healthy eating mm. part of that. Air quotes in action right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I had about like 3,000, 3,500 followers on this, which I is the no most I've had on any social network. Yeah. Um, until um, what was that? The Instagram thing, her personals. Until her story yeah, personals, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the int. Like I was addicted to just going through and reblogging photos of skinny, air quotes again, healthy women, um, and thinking that that was something I needed to attain by changing the way I ate. So, do you think um, you have a positive relationship with food? No, just straight up, no. Do you think it's due to that? Partly. I think there's lots of different things, which means that I don't think that I have a positive relationship with food. Only because, I don't know, I might um, eat... So for dinner, I might eat something really healthy, but I'll have a huge amount of it, like a, like a big portion. And then after that, I'll just snack. And I'll be like, I deserve this. <laughs> it's kind of like, well... I'm a massive grazer. Yeah. I find, like, meal times are really... I don't know if you find that, but really st stressful mm. as in, like... Like, with my girlfriend, we generally eat in front of watching a programme, and I find that much easier when I'm not thinking about the food that I'm eating. Mm. Or, like, chatting to someone, like, over a long dinner, that's fine. But it's, like, when it's, like, my sole goal is to, like, eat what's in front of me because of, like, when I was growing up, uh, there was a huge pressure on me to finish what was on my plate, mm. um, like partly because I was so skinny and my parents like were genuinely concerned. But the way they went about it was like pushing a fork down my throat, like to the extent that one day I remember it like scratching the back of my throat. It was really mm. stressful and like not leaving the kitchen before I'd finished everything. So like one night I just slept in the cat basket because so this sounds quite <laughs> horrific. I wasn't allowed to leave. I mean, it was like a crazy upbringing, but it just means that like when I'm put in that situation of like, I have to eat everything there, I actually get like this like inbuilt, very deep anxiety and it's really hard for me to like actually eat it. So, I, so as a result of that, I tend to graze, which like is like the same result as you, but mm. the opposite mm. cause mm. in a way. Yeah, I think I think I probably I think I probably used to have like a kind of fairly normal relationship with food. Probably was a bit unhealthy, like being a teenager, not really thinking about it too much. Now, because of all the health problems I've had, it's kind of I'm having to be a bit more healthy and like um, actually constantly monitor like everything I eat and every like bodily reaction I have to like what I eat. Which so is, did you write it all down? I did start doing that. So I had this mm. app where you can record like all of your symptoms, everything you eat, like down to every single ingredient. You oh, can, wow. And you can include like your stress levels and like your periods and all this stuff. And like I found after using that for a few months, it just become it's it became like it's a massive chore to do mm. for a start. And it just makes you kind of obsess a little bit about every single thing you put in your body. And then I, I you can just totally see how these kind of things become an obsession and can kind of run away with you a little mm. bit. Um, and I think was there any part of that that was helpful for you, though, the tracking? Yeah, definitely helpful. But um, but yeah, it's just like it just means you don't enjoy what you're eating. And, like, mm. if you're stressed while you're digesting food, like, that's not good for your digestion, you know, as well. So it's kind of, like, becomes hard to see yeah. at what point you're 
you know things are going wrong if yeah. you know what I mean it's, but yeah it's funny how it's all kind of connected to your to your brain and yeah well. yeah I think one of the things that you that you've just mentioned which I just completely forgot to consider is how your period affects the way you yeah. eat and kind of bloating and and body image and therefore I mm. get like um and given what I've said so far in mm. this episode like I get concerns like oh I feel really fat today mm. like when I have PMS even though I logically know that my whole life has been a battle <laughs> to put on weight yeah I still like have that feeling of feeling fat it's really really yeah. bizarre yeah. yeah and of course you know that's not a bad thing no, of course it's yeah. not. Um, I the way I feel it in those moments, it feels negative. But yeah, of course, like yeah. objectively, and you know, it's obviously absolutely normal and yeah. fine. Um, but it's, I guess, it's a sense of, I use the word fat, but what I actually mean in that moment is bloating. Yeah, of like feeling bigger than I normally am and not mm. in control of that size. But, I think that's. But like, even then, if there's I narrow the down whole the kind of social language about you know the fact that women taking up space physically is somehow a bad thing mm. and you know there's that i'm sure we could fill a whole other show on that subject but um you know it is a it is something that that we can look at uh so yeah so we, we've been talking kind of vaguely about the clean eating stuff but mm. i just was wondering have have either of you ever fallen into that or had anxiety around sort of cleanliness i think food? when i became when i re-became a vegetarian I was so concerned about the food I was eating. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to equate being vegetarian to eating extremely healthy. Um, whenever I say the word vegetarian, I just picture broccoli in my head. because <laughs> <I just, laughs> of the uh, vegetable orchestras I was playing earlier? Yeah, possibly. The vegetable <laughs> ocarina. I really think that every single listener should go on YouTube at the end of this show and just type in vegetable ocarina and watch all of those videos <laughs> of the man from japan like whittling down carrots and broccolis and making beautiful musical instruments out of them it made my year in 2011 and it will make yours in 2018 <laughs> but um but yeah so i i equated kind of clean eating with being vegetarian and i think also to an extent being vegan because you're you know you're taking away all of the processes yeah, and the, you know that kind of stuff mm. and i think i didn't um when i first became vegetarian because i was like i if i can't eat clean then i can't you know eat um and that was very unhealthy and i think now so it did seduce me then and now i kind of um, half and half off the attitude of eat healthy but also eat things that you actually want to eat and if that means cake or cookies then then do that absolutely Ruby Tando is really good with that that you know there are a lot mm, of like yeah writers around food who say like this is good for you this is whereas like there aren't a lot of food writers who include does this make you happy mm. and like angel delight is one of the food items that makes me the most happy in the life in my life <laughs> And actually, in that sense, it is really healthy to eat it because mm. it will actually prolong my life in the sense that I am happy while I'm eating <laughs> it. Um, I was also curious as to whether um, our eating patterns mean that we have a different relationship to whether or not we like cooking and enjoy cooking. Um, I personally like still really enjoy, even though it's a pain in the ass. And, <laughs> like, it, you know, in terms of how restrictive my diet is, it means. I, you know, I still give it a go and I just have to be like extra creative in that sense. Um, but do you guys enjoy enjoy cooking? I love oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a synchronized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love cooking. Um, I cook a lot with my dad and 
um, it's a great way to kind of, I find that for both of us to kind of wind down after a, a day at work. Um, and you know what? We've only ever cooked one horribly tasting meal. Um, and even then, that responsibility lies with it? him. It was a Thai green curry that my dad cooked. And I am going to put that on him. Um, <laughs> I won't claim responsibility. I hope you're listening, Nick. <laughs> um, but really love cooking and then i also enjoy my mum makes these really nice i my mum makes these really nice stews and 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 i enjoy kind of sitting and observing more so with with my mum it's i'm going to make this and well, you're going to make it in our watch. Mm. With my dad, it's like, okay, I'm going to get stuck in. But then he'll also be like, okay, I'm going to take over now. <laughs> I'm a bit like when there's a hot stir fry mm. and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't like that it's spitting and right. tiny so edge amounts of pain. It. Yeah. I think, uh, so I'm a terrible cook is how it looks from the outside. I know that I've got an inner good cook in me somewhere, um, but it, it's never been trained. So <laughs> I make I make terrible food and expediency. And I think it is linked, like you say, Flory, to my relationship with food, which is that I eat when I'm hungry and I don't really think about it before or after. I just try to get it out of the way. Whereas like my girlfriend, so like she loves cooking. She finds it super relaxing. But also if she's cooking, then she won't let anyone like she won't multitask so she's taught me to cut an onion properly which is really helpful because that that has actually like basically I was I my mum lost custody when I was like 12 or something and my dad like just has never really been into cooking that much so like I missed out on the and I before that was in boarding school so I just I just completely missed out on the chapter where you're taught to cook by your parents so I just have no sort of infrastructure and so she's like slowly trying to teach me these things but she won't like accompany me through cooking a whole meal because she likes to have creative control of the process. Mm. So why did you become vegetarian? Oh, for me, it was quite... So I progressively became vegetarian. Um, I progressively... Like, my ex-boyfriend was vegetarian. And initially, I was, like, quite uh, stubborn. Like, he he's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. And then, like, by, like, the last two years of our relationship, I was, like, slowly eating less and less meat. And then we were in Papua New Guinea. And um, in PNG, they eat... Uh, well, on this island where we were, um, Bougainville there was a sort of tradition of eating, of buying sort of turtles in the market and eating endangered species. Mm. And uh, there was one sort of in the backyard of this radio station where we lived. And uh, there was this little like five-year-old kid, uh, he's called Ray, and he's, he sat on the turtle and the turtle like wheezed a bit, went like, <coughs> like that. And I was like, oh my God, we can't eat that turtle. Um, <laughs> it's an endangered species and it's anthropogenic. So uh, anthropomorphic, moreover. Um, so I was like... I was like, well, we can't, definitely can't eat it. We've got to like hijack it, sell it back. And I'm like, but that's not fair for these people who've like literally eaten turtle their whole lives. The reason there aren't any more turtles is because of all the plastic bags from like England. So, uh, so then I was like in this whole quandary of like, what should I do about this turtle? And I was like, okay, I'm not going to save this immediate turtle because that is not like viable for our hosts. Um, and so I was like, I'm just never going to eat, eat meat again. And I eat chicken and once it. and I eat fish once since then for my 30th. Uh, and the, the chicken. <laughs> Is that your present to yourself? <laughs> yeah, it, it really literally was. Um, uh, but apart from that, no, I haven't eaten fish or meat ever since the turtle was sat on, even though I've literally never eaten turtle. So the story makes <laughs> no sense on any level. It's a good story, though. So, I mean, very quickly, I didn't have a big story like that, but 
I think I became vegetarian for the environment and going vegan for animal cruelty. So that's my reason. Same, same. Okay, and that, I think that's all we've got time for on today's show. Um, if you want to keep up with us online, follow our Twitter at VL, VLW Radio and on f- Facebook, Very Loose Women. Um, older episodes are available. Download and listen to on iTunes podcast and Acast slash Very Loose Women. Nice. Um, what are we playing out to, Flory? Um, we are playing out to another song called uh, Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols.